Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mangum Talks. I am your host, Lee. I'm here. I'm joined by my co-host, Spencer. Spencer, how are you? Doing well, man. How about you? I am doing well. We also have BJ. BJ, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. And rounding out our foursome, we've got Levi Baxter. Levi, how are you doing today? Doing great. Awesome. So <laughs> we are pulling everybody together. Yeah, that was, man, if you talk about some enthusiasm. <laughs> We're pulling the four guys together. Why? Because Spencer had us watch anime. That's right. Uh, we like to do shared experiences on this podcast. We've done things like soaps, candles, all kinds of stuff. This one was Spencer's choice, and he chose anime. He picked three different anime shows. We watched two episodes apiece. Spencer, you want to give everybody a little primer on what you asked us to do? Yeah. Among the various things I've tried to convince you guys to do, this one was almost at the bottom of the likelihood list. Didn't think that we'd go on a bit of an anime dive. because. Is it fair to say that I'm probably the biggest anime fan among the forums? Oh, yeah. I've never seen any before now. And that's one of my starter questions I want to ask. I've been in anime for years. One of the first anime I ever watched is one of the ones that we're going to we're talk about here today. And I wanted to give you guys a chance to be exposed to it, partly because, Lee, you said that that was a particular medium of nerddom that you had just no frame of reference about. Is that an accurate I'm, statement? Yeah, I like none. I Literally, I remember in middle school, Dragon Ball Z was popular. Um, and I think I watched like a couple episodes trying to be like, cool, um, but I didn't like it. Never have seen any since then. Um, and I can tell you, uh, not to bury the lead, um, it's a very foreign medium to me. Uh, it, was, it was a little difficult for me to get through. <laughs> I mean, kind of literally. Well, yeah, but it was tough. This all sort of stemmed from uh, a conversation that we were having uh, about different things that people were sort of too cool for. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the biggest one that that we pulled out was uh, monster truck rallies. Monster that, truck rallies, Re- wrestling was a big Re- one. Wrestling too. and yeah, monster wrestling. truck rallies yeah. are the best two examples. Yeah. So the the idea being like, is is there something that if you just drop the facade, you decide you're not going to be too cool for it, and you just do it, you will have a lot of fun with it, right? Um, monster truck rallies, I thought was a really good example. But Spencer yeah. came up with anime, which I think also is a good example. Now that I've watched a little anime, that does seem to fit the bill. Well, it's something I was very curious to see what y'all's reactions were. And so I picked three very different shows. One old classic, one that's been very popular in the last 10 years, an adaptation of probably one of the most successful manga of all time. And one that's much more of an art house pick, but was very critically popular. Just to give you all a full array of things. We had y'all commit to two episodes because I didn't want to make you watch more than three hours of anything in, in in a given week. Is two episodes enough to understand any show, particularly anime? No. But I very much adhere to the concept that if you can't, if you don't like something two episodes in, or it doesn't give you anything to grab you, you're perfectly in your rights to just stop watching and find something else. So I will say that it is interesting, the choices that you made and the number of episodes that you chose, because I mean, it is, it is kind of like reading a chapter or two in a book and being like, or, and maybe just reading the prologue and being like, so do you like the book? Yeah, so uh, I've got the exact opposite complaint. Spencer, you gave us too much homework. Six episodes of this <laughs> was a lot. Six, <laughs> I, I'm I'm agreeing that six episodes is a lot, but I feel like it, the the sampling platter made was a little bit complicated. But sure. uh, can we can we? I want to know what how what how Levi felt about this exercise. He's been he's been quiet so far. I want to know how he uh, how he enjoyed the anime. Uh, so I think it's perfectly fine, Spencer, for you to ask us to watch um, three different anime. And is anime or animes? Is, is anime itself a plural? Is it like a deer situation? Anime shows would probably be a better way of putting it. Anime, I think, is always, almost always singular. Mm, but Doesn't then why like do you do shows? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Say it however you want, Levi. This is our own program. We, ch- we, we make we're, the languages we We're go. getting this mood from Levi today. Okay. 
Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, I thought it was perfect. It was perfectly appropriate. Um, and I, I appreciate it ultimately because I've not really messed around with anime. You asked the question of like, what have I watched? It, what have we all watched? Um, I may have watched like an episode or two of Death Note many, many years ago. Um, sure, classic show. I've it was was chatting before this started that I uh, Attack on Titan is like Breaking Bad to me in the sense that I watch a little bit of it. I like enough to keep watching a little bit, but I'm not sort of drawn in, but I want to be drawn in. It has like all the constructs of things that I would, I would actually like. Um, so I've watched a couple of episodes of that at some point, you know, on, on or off over the years. But other than that, I've had no experience, zero. It, it's, it's a foreign concept. Uh, <laughs> Jerry, you mentioned Dragon Ball Z. That definitely was like a, a, a thing yeah, that there was a thing. somewhat I, I, coolish, I think... somewhat nerdy, but like it transcended a lot of different sub, subcultures that got into it. I never like understood that. I'm a big anime fan. I never understood Dragon Ball Z. It was kind of like somebody we knew was talking about it in the mid '90s when we were in school. It was like entering the entering the consciousness of that kind of kind of age group at that time. Yeah, but uh, I don't even like I don't even like Pokemon. Like I think Pokemon's a little weird. Um, so like yeah, well I do too. I think the Dragon Ball Z thing had a lot of crossover with like wrestling or like um, sure uh, even like people who played like Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, stuff like that because it was very mm-hmm. focused on the fighting. Mm-hmm. And BJ, is it fair to say that you've watched a bit more than these two when it comes to anime? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to assume that you're farther out there than I am because that's true of a lot of things. But <laughs> a lot I, of things in a lot of ways. Um, I, I mean, I've watched a number of series. Uh, I think the the biggest sort of takeaway that I have from anime is it's a lot of a sort of place and time sort of similar to other things. Like it's not as anywhere near as rewatchable as other media that I consume. And so like a lot of stuff, like I've seen it once and maybe I can go back to it a long time later, but it's not like other shows that for at least a while I was doing a lot of free watches, like every couple of years or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, it is definitely something that I've uh, consumed probably more than the other two guys. Okay. Fair enough. Well, um, part of the way we're going to do well, this. Hold format. on Spencer. Can you give us your history with anime? You've said you watched a lot of it, but like when, when did you start? Do you watch a lot now? Does Bridget I, I, call you Spencer Cohn? Not, uh, inter- no. not to interject too hard Spencer, but it, there's a, a R grammar post from nine years ago that says the plural of anime is anime. So let's just roll with know. that. one. Okay. Understood. Uh, <laughs> I have watched quite a bit of anime over the years. I probably watch about maybe four or five series a year. So I'm not like a huge weeb, but I still quite enjoy it. And something Bridget and I like quite a bit ourselves. I had seen Dragon Ball Z back about that time when it came out and just outright hated it because nothing happens and it's just people yelling and pretty bad dubbing as well. And I kind of stopped for a few years until I discovered uh, Adult Swim on Cartoon Network. And that exposed me to a lot of more adult anime shows that kind of blew my mind because I didn't know that animation could do that. And really, Japanese animation exposed me to the idea that you can tell adult mature stories in an animated form, and it can be awesome. And we're going to go through one of the first ones that I watched here is probably, I think, the first show we're going to talk about. Uh, And that is what is viewed as a classic, Cowboy Bebop. It it originally came out in 1998 by the legendary Sunrise Studio uh, and by a legendary team within that studio. And it was very successful and very critically well regarded in Japan. It still has a lot of great recognition accolades there. And then they released it internationally. And particularly when they released the English dub in 2001, the Western world caught on fire in a way that it hasn't really stopped being on fire. Commonly among Western sources, this is ranked as being one of the best, if not the best, 
not only anime, but animated material of all time. It's incredibly <laughs> well regarded. Critics write treatises on this kind of thing. It's people obsess over this show, particularly since it's very difficult to categorize. It was, as the opening goes into, it's intending to be in some ways a new genre, a weird mix of genres, with almost each episode being a different musical motif, a different philosophy, and a different genre as we go through an intensely episodic show. Some people recommend yeah. it as, if you want to be introduced to the genre as like your first anime, pick this one. I think those people are wrong. I think this is actually be a rather difficult show to get into, but it's one I still strongly recommend, particularly as it goes on and we meet all of our other characters. Two episodes in, God help you guys, because this show just throws you into it and expects you to play catch up with respect to the setting, the characters, the plot, everything. But our first two episodes that we went through were Asteroid Blues and Stray Dog Strut, at which time we meet three of our main characters of the show. If I kick it to y'all, to the best of your memory, to the best of your understanding, what can you tell me about the setting, the characters, and the plot of our first two episodes of this I was going to say, before we jump in, Wait a second. Uh, I, I just wanted to... Uh mentioned that this kind of reminds me of a lot of uh pretty much many different genres like the the top tier of that genre isn't a good entry uh but it's what like fans of it will say oh this is like a great thing to watch This, this is something that you have to see but i think that there are other things that are more widely uh consumable um i mean i i think that like sci-fi and fantasy and stuff like that. There, there are a lot of easy steps, and to go into like a Battlestar Galactica or or even you know Star Trek or something like that. There are much easier steps that I think a lot more people are like, oh, like I like that, and it, it it's a good gateway drug. I, I think two of the main reasons that people recommend this one is being like, oh, you you're interested in anime, try this. Is a for a lot of people, it's the first anime they ever watched, and so sure. it has a near and dear place in their heart. And two, most of the tropes it's working with are Western tropes. Yeah. Most of the characters are Western. Most of the language, even in the original, like signs in the background was in English. Mm-hmm. It was almost, it wasn't intended for a Western audience, but it was meant to be accommodating to them. And so I think that also helps in a way that shows are more common nowadays doing that, but particularly at the time, it was novel for people that they could understand the hell what was going on. Yeah. I have a question. Um, so I'm still playing a little catch up here. Was BJ being a little hipster about anime there? Was he being like, you know, that the popular thing is not the actual best thing. Was that the, that the line I mean, of argument? It was. And it's, I think, generally true. I think it's almost true with any form of media of what is generally the most popular is not probably what the critics would call the best. Well, Levi, he raised his hand at your pop quiz. So, so uh, to be just comment, he, he was, but he's also right. I mean, to sort of cosign Spencer, Spencer's approach, right? I mean, you're not going to, someone who doesn't know English drama TV, you know, if you show them the wire, they're confused. If you give someone Russian, you know, Russian fiction, um, and they've got high school education, but not exposed to a lot of literature, that's a bit, bit of a tall ask. Um, that's a fair point. Uh, but anyway, the characters, uh, number one in the hood, uh, the Corgi, I forget its name. Uh, but uh, it I awesome. thought you would like the Corgi. The Corgi <laughs> the is episode two. Uh, his name is Ein. Ein. Short for Einstein, yeah. Was that a uh, one-time thing, or does he come back up? He said three he, characters. He said three characters, and those are the three characters. The, Corgi. There are, yeah, there are five main characters on this show that will occupy the spaceship Bebop at various times. You've met your first three in these first two episodes. Okay, so the Corgi does, does come back. Okay, it's not just an yeah. episode two thing. I got you. He's actually a very big character, surprisingly, in the show. Nice. Which, by the way, now that you told me that, I might actually watch more of this. Um, <laughs> He's a big fan. Not going to lie. It was really adorable. Uh, it, uh, it was a welcome surprise. 
Ayn is a fan is a fan favorite. Everybody enjoys him. Our other two that we met are Spike Spiegel uh, and Jet Black. Are the other names of the other two characters? Uh, which one is the chef? Uh, peppers uh, and beef. That is Jet Black, our cybernetic kind of enhanced yep. fellow. I liked him. Uh, what he, he very uh, much uh, reminds me of. I have spoken. Oh, when? from Mandalorian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. He he has elements of that aged Mindor kind of thing. Yeah. Um, from what from what can you guys tell, what line of business and what kind of world are these two operating in? Um, I, so in some ways, this really reminds me of Firefly. It has Firefly yeah. just stole wholesale from aspects of this show. Yeah, uh, the world is Earth is not exactly uh, still still around. I don't know. I couldn't quite make out what the Tijuana situation was. Whether that was sort of a you know a rock that had had collapsed away from Earth, um, and but still was still. Tijuana or, or or not, but ultimately Earth isn't there. We've got these sort of space cowboy esque people um, that are hunting down various bad guys for money, um, and apparently pretty shitty at their job. Yeah, I think Firefly was a good example. I was thinking Witcher, but that's just because I just recently watched Witcher. But yeah, Firefly probably is is a good yeah. good parallel. Yeah, you know, one of the one of the key. I think probably overarching tropes or motifs the show goes into is space western to the point that each episode in, even ends with a little send off. See you later, space cowboy or see a space cowboy. Uh, it's definitely oh, an element we see in terms of a lot, a, lot of the ba- a lot of the background and the even like the shows within show over the course of it. The other everyone, is, particularly in this first episode, is film noir. It has a lot of both... I'd say the first episode is both an homage to, you know, westerns, film noir, and also a heavy... You guys ever seen Robert Rodriguez's uh, Desperado with Antonio Banderas and Selma Hayek? Mm-hmm. Sure have. There's a bit of that being brought in here, both the characters and some of the settings for where certain violence is going down. Um, but yeah, in o- overarching strokes, we kind of see these guys at, in the first episode just doing one of their jobs. Tijuana is a uh, terraformed asteroid. Earth is still in existence, but it's basically been rendered uninhabitable by events you understand later on in the series. Uh, and Tijuana has been kind of that a surviving population from Mexico and that culture just colonized that asteroid and set up a, ver- a kind of similar world there. And they are hunting a bounty in the form of a character by the name of Azovov. BJ, a reference that maybe you appreciate? Uh, kind of a weird reference like those references like that it i it feels like and it definitely was around back then but uh some some writer just like chose some top articles on wikipedia in Mm -hmm. science maybe and just like inserted those as characters like there's no real rhyme or reason it seems for a lot of these um i will say that the um so the the episode kind of revolves around uh a bounty and i presume that that it's going to be like there's a bounty or a job every episode um and Pretty close to that yeah uh we get some you know solid anime tropes but one of the cool things that i've seen in a bunch of other media is that the the main bad guy uses a uh eye administered drug yeah um which was <laughs> kind of a cool uh but also i imagine somewhat deeply disturbing to some people pretty cringy for me uh we say cringy just uncomfortable idea in terms of like doing that to yourself yeah absolutely yeah yes yeah. i mean something straight in your eye god because cringy has another connotation yeah that, uh, uh it, it, we'll it, probably it, get it, to in the abyss but <laughs> it's an interesting drug because it seems like it gives him very much enhanced abilities uh, and they do an interesting bit of filmmaking of depicting what it is like with him under the drugs what do you guys think of that did it, would it did it work for you did it put you off a little bit uh, I mean, the the sort of shooting scenes where the guys clearly let off bullets right 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 in front of the 
the POV of the character that's on the drug didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I sort of was confused of, does it allow him to stop bullets? Is this matrix situation or what's going on? Well, so I'd um, say it's more like agent situation rather than like uh, matrix reflexes. stopping bullets. Yeah, like super fast reflexes. So like he sees it coming and can dodge out of the way as opposed. But he didn't move, right? I mean, I, I hear you, right? But he didn't, the camera... Sh- the POV did not shift in such a way to indicate that he was moving out of the way, which is why I got a little confused of like, what, what are you trying yeah, to express so here? It, it I, eventually, the... I eventually got around to where you're describing, yeah. right? But it, when I watched it, I was like, what, what the heck is going on here? This doesn't make any sense. Uh, I was going to say, use what I think is a very Chinese trope of like cutting the, the hair of somebody moving out of the way of like a sword. Mm-hmm. And so like, it didn't have him like actually shown to move, but like there was a, I think it, it like it brushed by his hair or something like that, and you saw some hair come off or whatever. Well, and Levi, you emphasized one theme, which some a lot of fans have talked about before, is that these guys are bounty hunters. They're cowboys, as they're called in the universe, and this is their career. This is what they do. But from what you see in the first two episodes, they're maybe not the best at it. Would you consider either of the missions that we see them on in any way successful? Uh, they seem to be good at finding the people they're after. Right. So they're, sure. they're, they're good investigators. They're good detectives. But in terms of actually, you know, closing the deal, um, no, they don't seem to be great. So characters. would you say this is a lot like uh, the Mandalorian where you have a guild of uh, like everybody gets a bounty and like 99 percent of them just suck at it? I think it's just life. Yeah, and I mean to be fair, like that—that that was only like a part of the Mandalorian for like the first three or four episodes. Yeah, right? yeah, he, yeah. he quits let... being a—he quits being a bounty hunter pretty quickly. Right. Which, which ultimately, by the way, BJ, I, I really appreciate the fact that like some people are just good and good at their job. Some people are bad. Um, like it's fine. Uh, we don't need to necessarily have the best and the brightest always be the only ones on screen. Um, but yeah, I just assume that they're, you know, they've got some good skills. They got some bad skills, and they're just living their lives. Now they like have the cook. The like the like the cook, you know. I mean, you know, the man serves you beef and peppers. Sometimes there's beef, sometimes there's not. <laughs> and he does a, does a lot of the background research, then puts Spike on a mission. Uh, mm-hmm. One one thing the anime is usually very well lauded for is the quality of its dub. Um, Lee, you mentioned actually a couple of times that you were kind of surprised how good the dub was. Uh, did that hold true for for you for both epi- both episodes? Yeah, that was really good. <clears throat> I felt like this. Like <clears throat> I'm a little upset that you gave us a pop quiz on this one because this was a hard one for me to follow. Um, I like Levi, I think you said you watched the first episode twice to get it. Um, I not, did not do that. Uh, so I did not really follow it <laughs> super closely, but I will say that a couple things stood out to me. One is the dub was really good. And two, I felt like the music was great. Um, really strong music, but like the storytelling, like the sort of quick vignettes and it kind of moves back and forth through scenes. Like there was something about the storytelling that made it a little bit hard for me to follow. And my wife said the same thing. We sure. couldn't quite put our finger on it, but we th- we felt like maybe it was like just a little bit different than how like in Western media, we, we get stories, right. It's, it's a little bit less mm-hmm. linear maybe. I, I don't know, but it was harder for me to follow. I think it's what? kind of like uh, a lot of serials that you had back in the day where if you came in in the middle, like you wouldn't get it anywhere near as well. Uh, I would say that, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of like the different weekend comics that like not the more recent ones like Garfield and whatever else that were just like a quick joke, but the ones that, that might tell a story over a long period of time. Like for better, for better or worse, that would have like 30 years of episodic storytelling. Yeah. Um, that, uh, I mean, there, there are a whole host of them. Uh, and, and so I feel like this is a very like in media rest episode where, you know, 
it'll take like three or four to really start fleshing things out, but it's just dropping you in the day-to-day life and the action of, of the main character. And so I think that there's some aspect of like, you just sort of have to go with the flow that is a little bit harder for uh, what, like what we're used to consuming. Sure. Yeah. What, what other actual Spencer? Sure. We move on. Um, in later episodes, because I'm probably not going to watch the rest of this. I might, I might, might give it a shot at some point, but probably not. Um, do they have any more interesting female characters? Because Terry, the, the the thing that maybe may have, may have thrown you off on the first episode is that the, the woman character was written so terribly. Like, it was awful. Like, terrible. It, 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 oh, it, was, it was so off in such a way that I was like, I don't think you've ever interacted with someone else who's a woman. Like it just it's it's it just felt unnatural in so many different ways. Um, her motivations for why she was interested in this new guy, why she was with the old guy. Like the whole thing was really weird. Um, it was a classic woman on a pedestal type thing. Um, that's how it felt like it was written for me. So to your, uh, back to my question in later episodes, are there more nuanced, like women we, characters, or is that a theme? We meet our main female character who is usually regarded as the most nuanced of the four humans uh, mm-hmm. in the next episode. And then we yep. have two, there are two female characters aboard the Cowboy Bebop. Uh, during the during the bebop over the course of the series okay um one thing one thing that's kind of a weird little bit of trivia about why the dub is so good is that they hired somebody who'd never done a dub of an anime before to be the creative director and so she took it seriously in a way that no one had previously of where she 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 had no idea of what was expected and what were the usually low standards that were tolerated when it came to dubs and so she rewrote, made, made sure the scripts were rewritten so they'd make sense, sense in English. She hired very much professional English voice actors. She made sure that the script would be culturally appropriate and tested in a lot of ways because she just like doing a professional film dub kind of thing. And it led to what is usually viewed as one of the be- best dubs made because she didn't have a frame of reference about what was tolerable. So that's pretty damning for the genre, right? Very <clears throat> damning at the same at the time. Yeah, that's tough that, <clears throat> that it actually was good because someone didn't know the low standards that the genre usually has. And it's part, well, I mean, part, of the reason I, part of the reason I encourage you guys not to watch the dubs for the other two. Yeah. So I, I think, well, part of it is that for a really long time, the subtitles were just by people that like had some extra time. This was like a often a fan generated thing. And mm-hmm. so like they're, they're the dubs for English language were for like the small group of people that were consuming it. It wasn't, uh, I think, some of them were just like random people doing it. And there's some really funny ones. Uh, there was one that had like a Scottish dub that, that was just off the wall funny. And like, I, I think for a lot of them, they just sort of got random people to do kind of a good enough translation and then just like say it. And, and it was a lot more like Google Translate rather mm-hmm. than somebody who understood both languages well. It is the overall average has gotten better, but still most dubs are pretty piss poor compared to the original. Cowboy Bebop being a notable exception. Uh, Lee, you mentioned another thing that people love about the series is the music and yep. how how much quality music is in it. Um, in terms of what you've been exposed to so far, was there a favorite kind or genre of music that they were kind of fiddling with? Uh, no, I, I, nothing nothing specific that I can say. I just I just noticed that the they clearly took a lot of time for the music. Um, and they let it breathe a little bit, right? When there was like, they put music in the episode, it wasn't like a three or five second thing that you mm-hmm. get in a lot of television, right? Like it actually, they let it breathe a little bit, which I appreciated. 
Okay. Well, any further thoughts about this one? Uh, from what you guys have seen so far, would you be interested in watching more? Did you like what you saw? Or is two episodes enough of a taste for this one and you're ready to move on to other things? Uh, Lee, let's start with you. Uh, I will not be watching any more of this um, because uh, it's it was difficult for me to follow. And um, I know that like I probably that's probably a me thing and that the more I watched, the more I would get. But it was difficult enough to follow that I wasn't super engaged, especially by the time I got toward the back half of the second episode I was checking out. Gotcha. Levi. No, um, it, it was pleasant enough, uh, but I so I didn't remember which of the which of the series or or, or, or anime that, that you said had a good, a good high quality dub. Like I, I didn't want to scroll back in the text messages, so I just said, Fuck them, <laughs> watch them all uh, with with subtitles. Um, so now that I know that it has a good dub, I may be a little bit more interested because it's not going to be a show I'm going to intensely watch. Like it's, you know, Game of Thrones or The Wire, or like these sort of like prestige TV where you have to analyze every little bit. Um, but I, I need to have that in English. I can't watch subtitles and like play with and kind or, of or, it's hard to do. Yeah, yeah it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to do. Yeah. I will say that the dub is better than the subtitles. The subtitles are bad. Well, in comparison. Yeah. I would I would also say that if you're going to watch the dub, do it. Don't do it on Netflix. Netflix yeah. did the cheapest subtitle adaptation I've ever seen. They didn't even borrow them from the DVD. They just literally took the Japanese subtitles and placed them on the English dub, so they don't match ever. Because like I said, they adapted it to be much more fluid in English and also match the lips. I will say um, Netflix Netflix stop uh, stock dropped twenty percent this week, but that was not the worst thing that happened to them. Spencer was on fire about Netflix on our text thread. <laughs> he was bashing you, Netflix for being cheap. Man, you were going if, after him hard. If you have a Hulu account, Hulu just has the DVD subtitles, which are well done, and it's also a, a bit of a um, crisper quality on there compared to Netflix. Netflix did it cheap, sadly. Mm, garbage Christopher Netflix quality. Sucks. Like. <laughs> um, this is an indictment of, of the anime industry. If I'm being completely honest, right? I mean. It, they they redid subtitles to cut costs, but they just didn't adapt it from the DVD, which they, presumably they had like broadcast license rights to, or they're separate rights to to the, to the subtitles. Um, with, probably with Netflix, separate. With Netflix, you can never be sure. I mean, look at the Scrub situation where they're just having to insert new music on that show because they don't have the they didn't bother to pay for the rights for it. Netflix what? is, is doing, for but, real. But Scrubs but Scrubs music does not match on a lot of episodes. Oh, that sucks. Remember, they changed oh. it because Netflix didn't off. buy the rights for that. But it. Is that a Netflix thing? Like, I've got a sense memory that there are a couple of series that played play with move, uh, music quite a bit that just didn't write into the contract the fact that rebroadcast rights needed to inherit um, the rights it, rights to the music, and so therefore they have to the two. they have to like re up and pay more because the initial producers didn't you know th- have yeah. ha- ha- the foresight to realize that there no one cares about broadcast TV in in ten years. It is very much a mix of those two things. It's one of the things if where Netflix saw it, it would be an extra cost to make that work and just went, eh, we'll just put in new new music for the scenes where we can't get the rights to the music. Which, I told you all, Spencer hates Netflix, boy. Just crush them. I have I have problems with some of Netflix's shows that they stream. I, I can but, tell. B- BJ, are you going to watch more Cowboy Bebop? Uh, yeah, I'll probably finish it out. I mean, mostly because it's not a show that I've seen that I watched before, and it is kind of like a touchstone of the genre. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and honestly, like it, as I remember, it's not a super big ask to just finish out the series. 26 so, episode. It, yeah. it's, it's a one season, 26 episode show for me, even just rewatching the two episodes so many years after I first watched them. Cause I re- I watched this when it originally aired on adult swim back in 2001. It's still just prime nostalgia fuel for me. This is very much one of the shows of where I can sit down and watch it any episode at random 
and I feel like a kid again and the smile comes on my face. And I notice things I didn't notice before. This is very much that kind of show for me. Hmm. But mo moving on to one that is a bit, I think, I think this one's a bit of an easier one. I think it's part of the reason that it got so damn popular in the Western world when it came out in 2013. Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan was done by Wit Studio, which was basically created for the purpose of adapting this show. And unlike Cowboy Bebop, which was just new, they made it up out of whole cloth. Cowboy Bebop is our first, of, uh, Attack on Titan is the first of our adaptations. Whereas this is being adapted from an existing manga. And a manga that has sold, even as of a couple years ago, more than 100 million copies worldwide. So very popular even before they decided to adapt it. The show has gone on for many seasons since. It is entering its last season here shortly, which is part of the reason I, I, I chose to pick it. And particularly the first season just caught the anime community by storm to the point that I was even reading articles about it on CNN. That's how much it's got, it got cross-cultural appeal there for a certain period. Uh, in terms of initial impressions, what did you all think about the two, first two episodes of Attack on Titan, which... First two episodes of the show seem to work pretty well as just a, here's a segment of the plot to look at. So I'd like to say, um, I feel kind of dumb because it, you said this is the easy one and this is my favorite one. Um, so it, I, it like makes me feel like uh, maybe I just don't I get nuance of the genre. Um, no, this was my favorite one. It was the easiest to follow. Um, I mm -hmm. found myself wishing they'd make like a big HBO show out of this, you know, and actually do it like in person. Um, they have done a live action adaptation of this. Okay, Japan. yeah. So that yeah, that, that would be kind of cool, right? Because it's a it's a really neat concept. This idea that humanity's now holed up. Um, there's something else on the planet that just attacks and I mean, it's kind of a stupid thing that attacks like these kin dolls that attack and kill the yeah. humans. But like the whole idea of like being like sort of holed up in this fort, like this Jamestown type settlement, and then you know the 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 push pull of the human psyche of do I want to go out into the world or am I okay being in this cage? I appreciated it. I actually liked it. Now, I actually didn't mean it as a diss to say that something can be e easier to enjoy. If anything, something being easier to enjoy is in many ways a perk about it. It's just it, that that's part of the reason that helps it be enjoyable. Um, but Jerry, Jerry, I'm with you. Team stupid. Um, this is <laughs> this is pleasurable. It, it yeah, was an interesting yeah. world. It had like a a sort of twist on uh, on things that just made it seem interesting, right? The world seemed lived in. That there's this sort of backstory. Um, there's this history that may, may have been lost and will be discovered. Um, it just seemed fun. Um, yeah, yeah. The little kid was a little bit annoying after you guys described it, but I did like the fact that he was standing up to authority. He had a clear vision for the future, and he wanted to execute on it. Um, he may have a little been a Levi little, in him, a little bit yeah. of brashness to him, <laughs> uh, a, a little bit exuberance, youthful exuberance. That you what? may want him to redirect, but I respected the effort. Well, fuck you, you to the you, authority. You, you guys have hit two topics I'm going to come back to in a second. But BJ, what, what, what were your impressions about this? Had you ever watched this one before, BJ? Uh, I hadn't watched this. Uh, I kind of. <laughs> what well, what kind did of you like, watch? <laughs> well, kind of like I've consumed certain other media, like uh, Harry Potter, where I've only seen the last movie. Um, uh, that's disastrous when it comes to this show because this show exactly. gets weird and Game of Thrones you by the, by, as the seasons go on. It gets so I saw some random episodes probably in uh, season two or three because I was at a friend's house, you know, not long before. Uh, graduating, uh, getting my PhD. So that would have been like 2015, 16, somewhere in there. And so like, that's when the episodes were dropping. So he was watching them immediately. And I was like, all right, well, I can see that this is a cool concept, but kind of like uh, the one episode of Lost that I watched with you, Terry, uh, that was somewhere in season three. Like it, it just worst has... idea ever. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely no bear. The most serial show of all time. Just throw you in in season three. So, um, so 
uh, yeah, I mean, again, so it was a kind of interesting concept, uh, but like it didn't mean anything to me. Um, so it, it was interesting to get a little bit more of a background and I'm still not sure how I feel about this uh, method of doing a TV show where like you have a much longer, essentially pilot that does here is history and then we're going to move forward. And you have that a lot of times in a lot of shows now, um, mm-hmm. but it, it's, I don't know, Sometimes it, it's the an same interesting episode. thing, but it does help base you in that world. It does help give you some background. Um, and so there was some, you know, reasonable exposition and things like that. Um, and then to answer your question from the first round, uh, this is a harder watch for me just because the main character reminds me of one of the worst main characters of all of anime history uh and it's it's what is that what is that character uh that character's name is shinji from evangelion and he just not well liked he's not well liked he just he's sort of in this like elite crew of protect the world and all he can do is whine about everything and that that kind of is is why like the main character's presumably going to join this like outriding crew that, that uses all these like cool things to like use crazy knives on these massive uh giants but all he can do is like bitch about things well that's what that's a key question i wanted to start with as well is that we meet our we meet our main trio in this episode of our aaron mikasa and armin these three three friends we're going to see a lot on this show did they, they're very much usually argued as being examples of the Freudian trio of where they're in complement, they balance each other out, but they're very different people. And particularly Aaron can be off-putting to a lot of people. Uh, BJ, we'll come back to you, but Levi, you said you actually liked Aaron and kind of sympathized with him to a certain degree. I like the spunk, right? I like the fact that he's realized- he certainly that, has got that. That, that. I mean, you're sitting there like cattle, like what the hell? People are okay with this? gotta rise up man you Fuck, can, yeah we are we you gotta, gotta, you, you have to kill your masters back. you have to kill your masters gotta bring them safe. down um <laughs> no reason are, to walk on that bridge <laughs> <laughs> i disrespected his funk he, he was a little annoying uh bj i, I have to apologize I, I haven't been keeping up with uh you guys' read of the harry potter series but i will let you know um i think i finished with uh goblet of fire uh you're in for a doozy buddy there's gonna be a couple of books you're not gonna like. I don't know if you're there yet already, but we, we've uh, already we've already gotten past that. We're we're the book past Goblet of Fire and and uh So that's okay. a that's a chapter by chapter reread of Harry Potter that they're doing called Pottering Around, which you can get on any podcast platform that you have. It's very good. My wife does it too. Um <laughs> that's very professional, you Terry. But yes, uh I was okay with a little like annoying teenager. Uh but again. He's got he's got spunk. So, uh, Terry, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I'm just going to say that, like, I stereotype anime uh, because I just sort of assumed that all these characters were super angsty this way, um, you know, like sort of over the top, like crazy emotion. Uh, and we're going to get to it in the next one. Um, but like, I, I don't know. I just sort of thought that was what we were in for with anime is people who were sort of, you know, they don't they don't say no. They scream. No. Like, you know, everything has to be like an 11. Mm hmm. Uh- well, Aaron very much represents that, and some people can put it off. Mikasa, on the other hand, is the other complete opposite of the coin, of where she is another different kind of anime trip, of where she is silent, composed, very strong, very supportive, but nowhere raising the same level of intensity that Aaron ever does. And usually it seems, particularly on Western fans, she's the more popular of the two, comparing them. 
what what did you all think of her from what you saw of her? She now, was a little. Lee, start with sorry, Levi. I, go ahead. She was a little badass. Um, like she she can clearly handle her, handle herself. I mean, right? She made the bullies go away. Um, yeah, I like that scene. She knocked him down. She like when they were coming in from from gathering wood and when he was c- confronting the drunks, they they were trying to protect humanity. Um, she threw him <laughs> right across the the the, the one the street one handed. Like respect for her. She's clearly she's clearly a, a strong character. She's so clearly I, beaten the shit out of those bullies a couple of times, and they uh, yeah. are significantly older. This isn't like she stood up to them in a way that Aaron couldn't. No, she, she she's, was present and they ran. Yeah, yeah, I like that expectation subversion, right? Like you know the 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 girl who's kind of quiet. Like as soon as she comes up, it's like oh god, we're scared. Like and run away. Like that that was that was a neat sort of thing to throw in. On the other hand, Armin, uh, our, the, the blonde of, end of our trio, is usually viewed as the the weakling, but also the heart. Uh, did he work for you, or did you find him kind of frustrating? Because fan base goes really back and forth on him and the arc that he eventually goes on. Bored. Bored? Boring character to me. Levi, what'd you think? Similar bored? Or, then he certainly doesn't have the level of intensity that Aaron does. Which one was he? Was he the uh, drunk he, or, or, or the he, third? No, the young little, child. Uh, of, yeah, the th- the little of the three one. kids, he was the he, he was the blonde that that um was the one that was getting beat up by the bullies that the other two can't. Well, the the one that was like super pacifist up oh, until. Oh, hold up! That was a that was a guy. It's voiced. It's voiced by a woman. It's voiced by a woman, but it is a guy. Which I is will say dumb. this: I, look, I was unsure until Spencer started. I didn't know. Yeah, I'm here to uh, help. So I uh, assumed that it was the female foil to 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 Aaron. Um. And now I bet I can't, I can't keep <laughs> up with that. Conceptions of a challenge. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would have sworn, I would have bet a lot of money that that was a female character. Like if, if, I, if you had asked, asked me, I would have put money up. Um, uh, so, I would say that it is a solid, like third to 40% of people that watch the first two episodes and think that it's a female character. It is in no way uncommon that you guys thought this. Again, I think it's part, partly 30, the voice actor does a pretty Thought it might've been a they situation. 30% Terry this is team stupid situation he yeah just, it's, it's, he does it again right he, he, look I get this all the time when I do pods he throws it in you know? well this would in some ways this is the easiest no, one to no judgment I'm here to support um <laughs> he, he's now, trying to mentor us through the anime experience and, and in know, so doing... many ways BJ fuck you uh another thing that really either works for people or really puts them off is the titans themselves for some people they like the fact that they are just off that they are pushing the uncanny valley to the extreme other people just find them silly, even almost when they're eating or ripping people apart. Did the Titans work from you? Because it's kind of an essential thing for the show. Let's go to BJ. BJ's been quiet on this one. BJ, what did you think of the Titans? Uh, they, they were a little bit silly. Uh, like, it sort of depends on which one. Some of them are a little bit silly. Some of them are less so. There's one that reminded me of a character from uh, King of the Hill. Um, and Which one? Which, which character from King of the Hill? Oh, God. I don't remember his name. Uh, God, if you remember characters from King of the Hill, I I, I will. Be that would have been a hell of a deep Lord by Ooh. your uh, your memory. Uh, like I think the bald one. Yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So so like that was a little bit. Uh, Bill. Dale. Bill. Um, Bill. Ne- Dale. Pete. All these Dale. Damn... Not not the pocket <laughs> sand dude. Anyway, so, syllable white guy names. John. Yeah. Bob. Um. So. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was a little bit of that. Um, and it had sort of a little bit of the uh, zombie-like characteristic that, that is sort of common in, in a lot of different, uh, some anime and some other things where, you know, they're just like powerful, but really stupid. And so like, I don't know exactly where the anime is going to go, but this seems like as soon as they 
get a little bit stronger. These are just going to be fodder that they kill. But right now they're like way too strong. And so that's sort of where I'm just like, all right, the, where are we on this? Like, it, is, is this really going to be a thing? Are they, or are they going to have like stupid power creep that's just going to be kind of it's, a problem? It, it's a reasonable thing to assume with this kind of genre, because this is very much structured along the idea of a hero's journey of where, particularly, particularly in this way, a revenge hero's journey of where we've got a main character, he has an objective, he's lost his home and he's lost his family. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit shown. Come back to like, it. It, it is a shonen series. Yeah. But one of the things we've already gotten that kind of subverts that, or at least gives us a certain element of doubt, is that his goal was to join the scout regiment, the badasses that go beyond the walls. That, that got their shit the kicked out of them like the first time. And that's why it was just like, it feels like if they if they didn't keep up with that, it would be a real problem for the series. And it happens like in a lot of series. So uh, speaking of shit getting kicked in, uh, when, when they come back, the mom... I, doesn't she ask, was he useful? Um, mm-hmm. That's my memory yeah. of the translation. Yeah, I remember seeing that asked, and, yeah. and going, respect. It was like, <laughs> yeah, she's like, basically says like, I know he didn't like fix anything. Like yeah, yeah. he didn't like, yeah. but, but did he help? Did he contribute? Amount, yeah. Which was seemed like a very Eastern idea. Did his death I, mean this. something? Did I'll tell you this, the death? idea, the idea of giving the severed hand to the mother. <laughs> would you, would you make that insane. call as the leader? As the leader, no. if that's all you got, would you just throw that away on your way back? Yes. Yes. You don't give a severed hand to a, a mother. Like, what the fuck? That was crazy. <laughs> so question for you, Spencer. You know a little bit more about this this um, um, this universe. And, and, and BJ, you've sure. got a good eye for these things. Terry, you're an expert in, in, in all things food related. Are humans basically the size of a hoagie uh, to these, these uh, uh, titans? One of the things that complicates me answering that question is that titans actually come in different sizes. Well, obviously, we see two different sizes. So yeah. the one that ate the, the one that ate the, the one mother, that ate the mom. It seemed like humans were hot dogs size. I think that's a good. Yeah. Point. Okay. I, I was thinking hot pocket, but yeah, very much in that range. Hot pocket. Yeah, that, that's a food. A little bit larger than like. Gushers. Uh... <laughs> that's an on sale at Costco situation. What? Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> one, one of the things that puts people off too about the show is the death of the mom in the first episode, which is though it mostly occurs off camera, is pretty brutal, particularly in the interact the reactions of the characters. Did the show kind of going in that kind of direction catch you off guard, or were you able to ride that wave all right? So I'll jump in on that. I love when a show establishes stakes early on, like hmm. like they establish like these things will fucking kill you, and no character is safe because the main mother dies in the first episode. That gives a that gives like a levity to it, right? Like the, they they raise the stakes by doing that. I've complained a lot on shows where I feel like they're unwilling to kill main characters. Mm-hmm. That like they put them in situations where they should die, but they don't kill them because plot armor, and that always sucks to me. So I, I appreciated they did that early on. Levi, same. Um, I respected it, um, and, mm-hmm. and I thought there was a nice little flourish there of like like them trying to be artistic with the sort of. Uh, uh, you know, globs the fall, of blood, the fall just, of petals almost. Yeah, that was cool. Of, yeah, sort of yeah. petals like rose petals um, falling through the air, um, which is interesting juxtaposed against the fact that they don't necessarily animate all the backgrounds. Um, Some of the matte paintings, yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, which which I thought was like it could either be artistic or it could be cheap, um, and I couldn't figure out which one it was. <laughs> column uh, A, column B, depending uh, on the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I sort of respected all of it. I respected the ambiance. I thought I thought the zombies were were. I mean, they're not scary, right? I'm, I'm an adult. I'm not going to be scared by, by, by an animation, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were interesting, right? It was a different variation of, of some sort of looming threat. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put that. Because, like, I mean, ultimately what they're doing is 
you're stuck in the city and there's a threat outside, then they have to craft whatever that threat is. And it is something that I wouldn't have expected. So that's a good point. It is interesting. Uh, with, with his mother's death, I think there were a lot of interesting things they did that I really appreciate that they did. Uh, one is that he hurt his hands, like trying to get the, the beam like off that of her. And they carried that forward. Like it was, it was still like on his hands and it was still a problem like further into the episode. It wasn't like as soon as, you know, they were away from that beam, it was gone. And then I also really like the interaction with the the drunk that was protecting the town previously mm-hmm. that saved them. Yeah. Uh, that uh, had that, like, you weren't strong enough, but he was sort of also talking to himself. Oh, yeah. And I, sort of like, so I just rewatched that episode, and, and, and his answer is, you couldn't save your mom because you were weak. Um, yeah. And I didn't say that because I wasn't courageous, which like, it's a good juxtaposition. And I thought it was like very blunt in, in, in such a jarring way of like telling a kid whose mother just died. He was trying to save her. Uh, you couldn't save her because you're weak. Like that's, well, a, that's, a, well, that's, that's another, that's another expectation subversion, right? Because when you get introduced to this character, it's like right away, like, man, you smell like alcohol. And he's like, Oh, if we're going to drink, we're going to drink. And then he ends up like kind of saying some like, intelligent things what? he he becomes useful to the main characters like he's not just a complete waste of a person yeah i, I lo- is very popular in terms of the secondary characters because he's complicated already and it introduces already that even our our background characters are going to have some depth to them in different elements um couple last questions on this one if we move on to our third um use of music the opening of this was Every anime fan was playing it nonstop. D- openings <laughs> of animes are often heavily done, heavily, a lot of budget put in them. Did the uh, opening and music of this show resonate as much with you as you said you liked in Cowboy Bebop? Uh, no. No, the music's not particularly good. Is, is, is the, the tagline, are we prey? No, we are hunters. Is that that the- is in German, yes. So I thought that the, the opening music was terrible and the mu- like the, the actual lyrics were crazy. It was like, and the wind howls and the, the ground, sh- it's like, like this crazy, like, like the, the type of lyrics don't really nail with me. Like it's very sure, abstract yeah. uh, and I didn't appreciate it. So gotcha. one of the problems that I think anime can fall into uh, is when it does other cultures and German seems to be one that they fall into a lot and they do it terribly every single fucking time. Uh, So I I don't know why they go back to it. Like I I assume that Japan has some sort of fascination with Germany that lasted for like 50 years. And then they had to like get it out of them with, with anime. Uh, It it lasted lasted for about six years. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, no, no. Remember that one. From the 40s to when this came out, when yeah. when those anime started coming out, was about 50 anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> I hear you. As what? someone who who had a, a German customer speak at a sales conference uh, <laughs> that, that I just attended, uh, the answer is because the German accent's hilarious. Like uh, it really is just like a perfect like sort of stereotype that just makes you giggle. So maybe that's their fascination. Like Dwight um, at the sales conference with the Hitler. What? It, it, it is one thing it's kind of unique about. It's one thing that's kind of interesting and unique about anime is that their willingness to do other cultures when they're depicting things. If we're both of the anime you guys have seen so far that we talked about are not primarily set with Japanese characters in Japan or even necessarily caring for Japanese culture, like this one, I jokingly referred to it as light steampunk Holy Roman Empire, of where everybody's name is German. The construction style was very much German in like the re- late Renaissance, early modern. The only exception being Mikasa, yeah. and her, she stands out as being distinctly different even in her appearance 
Um, that's kind of different from like a lot of like, you know, cartoons you see in like, you know, Nickelodeon or whatever else, which are usually pretty grounded in. We're going to just pick Western kids doing something. Yeah. And it's also different than what I expect from anime. Like, I mean, just as somebody who doesn't know anything about it, like I just assume sure. every everybody's running through the streets of Tokyo. Like, that's just what I just assume all of them are. Um, so again, subverting expectations. Okay. And follow up, final question with this one. Based on what you have seen so far in our first two episodes, would you watch more of this show? Uh, we'll start with Levi. Yes. Um, I'm going to try to, I'm trying to muscle through and, and keep the momentum up, right? I'm going to assume this is like a Breaking Bad situation. This is actually one of the greatest shows of all time. And I just need to get into the swing of things. So, uh, BJ. Uh, not without some other like impetus. Uh, like, because it, it's sort of like a long serial to deal with, it, it's sort of one of those that like, I, I like, I'm j- like for my own consumption, it's just not enough of a driver. Um, but, but it is something that I think I would eventually enjoy. Um, again, like, I think to your point, like a breaking bad situation, um, I think that there are like other shows like the walking dead or whatever else that people like get into it as a group. Mm -hmm. Had I gotten into it with like a group back when it was coming out, I think I definitely would have watched all of it, but, uh, there is sort of that barrier. Lee finishing with you. Yeah, I mean, I would watch more of this, um, but I also think that like it, it's interesting when I hear BJ talk about something like this because it's very clear to me, uh, BJ, and I think a lot of folks do this. You're you're very careful with like I don't know if I want to sign up to a big serial. Like I don't know if I want to mm-hmm. sign up to like a, a story that needs multiple seasons to really pay off. I can't wait for that type of shit. Maybe it's just because I just don't have shit to do. But like that's what I'm always <laughs> looking for. And so the the idea that this is more of a serial as opposed to episodic, which we got in Cowboy Bebop, uh, really appeals to me. I liked it a lot. I'll definitely watch more of it. Yeah. Hey, hey Terry, do you want to be like really weird, creepy, uh, middle-aged white guys that go to like anime con, anime con and are like our favorite anime is, is Attack on Titan? That seems like the the lamest thing to possibly say. Show up there and your your New Balance is all black Lululemon uh, yeah, pants. Uh, Shout out. And, yeah. And, and then and then like take every conversation back to Attack on Titan because it's the yeah, only exactly. one I've ever seen. <laughs> well, <laughs> That is perfectly fine and justified to be surprised when people are there for that. Uh, it's it's in its fourth and last season right now, if you guys want to watch more. Uh, the series gets, the first season is very much a roller coaster ride in terms of experience. That's what it's intended to be. And then it really starts going into deeper lore and changes the tone. Some people like, some people don't. But I would, I would like if you're that. interested so far, I would encourage you to get more into it. One of the first hints of that we see, and something I actually forgot about, is each of the shows we've watched so far have a scene that's purposely not meant to make sense. It's just giving the information and expecting you'll remember it for later. Cowboy Bebop opens with some black and light film, you know, very artistic little shots of what seems to be a gunfight and flowers following and possibly a romance. And we have no idea what's happening. This has a scene at the start of, I think it's the second episode of where we get to see Aaron's dad with a big ass needle yelling, basically, keep the key, remember this, find the basement. And then he's got the key around his neck. And we never, and we have not seen the dad again in that episode. And he, no one's talking about the dad either, even though he was distinctly alive, whereas the mom was not. Did it that feels kind of witchery. You guys? This is why I wanted to bring it up: is that this that happens? What did y'all make of that? Uh, is there anything you can unpack at this point? You're just going to file it away for later. Felt like something I had to sit through. Like it didn't, it didn't, like I, it didn't really resonate. But it felt like something I was like, okay, let's let's move on. I want to get more to the meat of the plot. Gotcha, Levi. Uh, I noted it. It's, it seemed a little bit off, right? Um, I didn't notice that there, I didn't notice the key, key around his neck before. 
Um, but I mean, the kid has a weird situation with dreams, right? Um, like it's very vivid dreams, um, which I, I wasn't going to make a, a declaration about I'm, I'm not nearly as smart as you are, Spencer, to understand and, and, and make predictions. Uh, <laughs> what, about it, things. It, it appears that his first dream that he opens up things with, which he comments was not a dream, was at least vaguely prophetic, given that some of the events seem to come true in that next couple episodes. Well, in any case, um, I mean, we can all watch together, guys. Like, we can just have like, a text thread. It's just entirely devoted to, to Attack on Titan. Um, sign me up. Let's do it. I think that could be fun. Well, yeah. before we get there, though, we have to move to what I intended to be the oddest of our three picks. This is a bit of a more art house. Spencer, you, you didn't offer FLCL or something like that? I was not offering Fooly Cooly to start things <laughs> off. That would have been too fucking much even for me. I decided to instead go with Made in Abyss, which came out in 2017. It was the critical darling. Several anime critics trumpeted as being the best show of the decade. I love it. I openly admit it is really damn weird and never really gets away from that. In terms of y'all's initial thoughts about this show, which I believe is made by Cinema Citrus, but I'll double check that now. Yeah. Um, what What did y'all think? Uh, what What sense were you able to make of the first two episodes of this show? Uh, start, let's start with Lake. I watched 10 minutes of this and turned it off. I found my line. I'm sorry. Uh, I couldn't stand it the over the top screaming and yelling, like they're literally in, in one of the first like exchanges, one of the characters is like saying no or something. It starts banging on the ground. Like it is so exactly stereotypical of like anime in a really, really bad way, or at least what I had in my mind of it. Um, couldn't get into it. Uh, I thought it was, it was silly. I turned it off and turned to Sarah and said, I'm not going to watch any more of that. Uh, she said, you don't like it. And I was, uh, uh, I said, yeah, it, it, it seemed a little childish to me. Sorry, but that's where, what it was. Where is, where is the podcast professional, sir? Stopping your material only 10 minutes in. Where's the professionalism? I felt like that would have a dramatic flair that I didn't even, didn't even finish it. Uh, but yeah, I really, I really thought it was, it was insufferable. I thought it was awful. Uh, what I saw, I just turned it off. BJ. Uh, I'm not going to make it more than 10 minutes. in. I watched two episodes, but I'm not going right. to completely disagree uh, that it's kind of insufferable. Um, it, this has a lot of the problems that I, I, there, there are a lot of problematic anime tropes that you have to get through that this has. Uh, I, I don't know why it has like the punishment for these like eight year olds being like tied up and and hung up naked it like in the main area like oh, what the reference early on yeah that, that they're was supposed made, to be made in the first 10 minutes they're supposed to be 12 they don't look 12 they look like they're being about eight or nine yeah and and so i mean there is that and lee spoiler you get that scene later in the second episode Sheesh. like I, what the fuck um <laughs> the again following children is can be a tough watch and and this kind of is and and so it has a lot of the uh for lack of a better term sort of kawaii nature of anime that some people love and i just i i think it's it's kind of like prose that i don't like in a story where mm -hmm. if the story is good enough or there's some reason to consume it i will like soldier through it but it, it's tough it's not an easy ask Leave Leave uh cosine all the text here uh it was very insufferable um i i might have watched both episodes um but at some point i sort of quickly <laughs> was didn't like, stick oh, with you <laughs> okay i'm not gonna keep this up now i will say uh, the the world that they 
they were gesturing to was interesting, um, but not enough to overcome the insufferable nature of these these individuals. Um, I also didn't like the fact that like there's no the in the title. I made in the abyss. They call it the abyss in 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 the show, but it's just made in abyss now. Strange. I agree. Uh, what, what, let's talk a little bit about Netflix about probably world. translated it poorly. Probably. They didn't want to pay for the, the extra word, right? Like in Netflix. <laughs> I, I can't blame Netflix for that one. That one carries through <laughs> from the original. Uh, in terms of the world itself, what sense could you guys make about what these characters are? Because we have, we made our two main characters early um, in terms of Rico and Reg. And they're operating in a, a community that seems built all around one major geographical feature of where there is a seemingly almost bottomless pit in the world. Levi, you said you found that rather interesting? Yes. Or at least potential to be interesting? Uh, the world, yes. Uh, the fact that they're sending eight-year-old uh, kids to, to go mine it is a little weird. Um, but in terms of a world, the fact that there's this abyss that has um, untold treasures uh, that just happen to happen, you know, uh, happen. They don't know why, where, from whence it came. Seems interesting to me. Um, but I think, like, and it's, again, sort of interesting that you, that you chose two episodes. Like, you do get exposition at the end of the second episode of kind of like why everybody is there, you know, why there's this town at the abyss. Uh, You don't really get the, you know, what the nature of the abyss is, but you definitely do get a lot of the, uh, you know, sort of parts of the hero's journey where like the, the uh, old witch is just like, here's a bit of information that you need to pursue kind of thing. So in, in this case, we'll the witch being her, her mother from the bottom of the pit in some ways. I will say this Levi's explanation just then was more interesting than anything I saw on the show. Like, like, I feel like he, it, like that, that, uh, what you just talked about, Levi, if I could get there, maybe, maybe well, I would, what, I'd be more so, interested. So one thing that, that counts in its favor is the fact that the, the, the main character's mom is named Liza the Annihilator, which I thought was pretty badass. Shout out. I like um, that. Yeah, sure. And the artwork almost depicts up as a Godzilla. Fuck yeah. Very, very similar kind of form in terms of the shadows that they show around. The annihilator. Uh, uh, it's it, one of the things that strikes people funny about this, whether, whether it works from the doesn't, is there's a weird juxtaposition. Where B, BJ, you talked about this is very much playing into the kawaii aspect of anime in terms of the art of where the main characters are purposely drawn very cute. Our pre, prior two shows, the animation is purposely going for very much realism when it comes to how the characters are depicted. This show decidedly isn't, and seems to be just like intentionally leaning into it. Where the world itself is vibrant and beautiful, and the animals are very alien, and the main characters look like they're purposely almost chibified. And that kind of informs you that the show is going to be fairly cute. But we already start to get seeds at the start of this that this is a bit of a dark world that these cute kids are operating in, of where... From the beginning, they're living in an orphanage, and it's explicitly, this is an orphanage for workers. And the orphanage is notably like four stories tall, full of kids, all about the same ages. So already implies a certain degree of the just constant amount of death that's seemingly going into this town as part of their delving operation. And also just like, it seems these delvers like also are just like, hey, we can just abandon our kids into the uh orphanage if like we need to go on a longer mission uh mm-hmm. like that seemed kind of like a this mom, is our revered person like the best person in our society and her child is in the orphanage uh because she was just like ah i'm out and, and leave out something you said about how why would why on earth would they send eight-year-olds down into the this bottomless pit to look for artifacts episode i think a little bit more than 10 minutes in because lady didn't see it 
is it fair to say that at least two, maybe three of these kids almost are eaten by a giant flying dinosaur in terms of just like episode one starting off? Not necessarily meeting health and safety standards in our world, I would say. I mean, this is very definitely like, we're cool with kids doing coal mining or, Mm -hmm. you know, working on rugs or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, it's not, you know, quite sweatshop, but like if they could have a sweatshop instead of going and sending them into the abyss, they 100% would. Uh, this being the newest of the anime we were talking about, this is also showing a bit of an international degree of cooperation in making it, of where, for example, all of the music in this is done by an Australian composer, uh, just showing kind of the broadening nature of anime. And the music in this has often been pretty well la- uh, lauded, uh, including the song that ends the first episode of when, like, the sunrise is... When he, she wants to take Reg to go see the sunrise, and the, su- the uh, sunrise hits the, um, the windmills as they're, go- as they're going over and we're seeing the town for the first time. In terms of a bit of art, was that a scene that worked for you, or you pretty much just done with the show when it came to that at that, at that point anyway? Uh, Levi, how about you? Done with the show, but Spencer, you can tell a good yarn. Um, the fact that they have an Australian composer shows how much there's international cooperation that goes in the production of this. is It's such a, a very curious way of describing it. Um, he's good, man. I'm telling you. He's good. You really are a podcast professional. He is um, good. But no, I lost interest. I, I, I couldn't stand. Like, I... I I saw for, I saw for what it was, um, and I appreciated the elements that I, I thought were interesting. And I said, "Yeah, it's, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not, I don't care about this at all." Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, this this is one of those shows where I kind of this is where I'd like to read spoilers because I'm kind of curious as to like what I, happens, but I really don't want to watch this show to find out. I'll tell you more off camera, and you can see what you're interested <laughs> in going on. Because at, at this point, it's uh, one season is in the can, a movie has come out, which kind of bridged the gap, and another season's coming out. So it's it's another ongoing uh, show with a long yeah. degree of arcs attached with it, centered around starting episode three. They're going down to the bottom to try to meet her mom. Is this uh, is this show from a manga too? This is an adaptation of a manga, not not anywhere near as successful as Attack on Titan in terms of selling you know hundreds of millions of copies, but still one that's pretty well regarded, particularly with critics. I keep emphasizing that point because this is like the show of where, you know, like if you purposely go to like an art house theater and it's going to show uh, a film that would never ma- reach major distribution that most people just don't like, but the critics can never shut up about it. Yeah. The artist this, that black and white, like ravenous about 10 years ago. How dare you, sir? <laughs> I just the, the artist is a better example. Sense. Well, an artist won best picture, didn't it? The year it came yeah, out. Yeah. And it was dog shit. Have you watched that movie? <laughs> I, I actually, I actually liked it. That's Wolverine a separate thing. <laughs> Um, Thumbs down. It, uh, one of the things that puts a lot of people off when it comes to this is our main character, uh, of where our main character is, as you guys already said, exuberant to an almost extreme degree in a way that is, she's bringing the same energy as like Aaron from Attack on Titan, but expressing it in a very different way that some people just find inherently frustrating. Is that kind of how you guys responded to her? Was uh, Did uh, Rico really just put you off in particular? I mean, there's uh, yeah. six-year-olds too, but sure. Yeah, I mean the 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 robot that helped helped her mom out. Um, like he he was pretty cool. He was pretty chill. Um, he's he's kind of a weird Mega Man hybrid in terms of what he what he can do and everything else. Yeah, he's got got a lot of power, but he doesn't understand it. Uh, he's he's going to come into his own and actually hit puberty, then then be able to harness his energy. Um, hmm. Never heard that one before. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean the main character was absolutely insane. Um, yeah, I th- look. It, it had some cutesy elements that I could see myself liking when I was appreciably younger, um, mm. but not for me. And that was uh, my comment, which I, I just felt juvenile. I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm just still, honestly, I'm not trying to be mean, but it, no, just, no. it felt like something for children. 
And it's one of the reasons I wouldn't exactly accuse this show of false advertising, because it's not. It's hinting at some of the darker elements. But of the three shows that I've had you guys watch, this ultimately easily gets the darkest of all of them, far and away. And one of those involved zombie giants that eat people episode one. So it's a show that if you're into anime, I'd still I'd recommend you at least give it a try. It goes in some very interesting directions. Just be aware that you will be either bawling or retching at certain moments in the show as it goes deeper into the abyss. Spencer, did you actually cry? Uh, there were actually a couple moments of where I was crying during during the course of the show. You watched in all of this? Scene. Yeah, I've watched all this and the movie. That's just, that's stunning to me. You, I don't know where you pull hours out, like because I mean you you'd always seem busy, but between still, two and five a.m. Like, but he's watched this. all of this stuff. That's a lot of I, hours. I've watched I've watched the twenty six episodes of Cowboy Bebop and the movie. I've watched all four seasons of Attack on Titan, and I've watched the season and a movie of, of Made in Abyss. I wouldn't have picked these unless I unless, unless I knew them well enough to have you guys watch them. I, I mean, guess the maybe others... when I'm watching wrestling highlights from like nineteen ninety two, that's when you're watching. This we stuff. all fill our time in certain <laughs> ways, man. <laughs> I mean, you also have... like it, it's a smaller ask to watch half an hour once a week. That's fair. That's fair. If he's been if he's been on it for years, yeah, yeah. that's fair. You're like you, you don't binge anime like do, anymore, do you? I don't have the time to fucking binge anime anymore. No, I'm I'm perfect. This is part of the reason I actually love the terms of the format is that a thirty minute show is just delightful. I wish more shows would be thirty minute shows, just because it's less of a commitment. You can sit down, you can watch it, you can do it while you're eating dinner, and you can move on. This is firmly established. Spencer was out on Ted Lasso when it got more than thirty minutes. I'm still uh, Book of Boba Fett it, is yes. pissing him off at 45 minutes. <laughs> don't, 30 minutes. Don't, I mean, start, don't start as 30 minutes and then take it away from me. Doesn't like that. I mean, and, and a lot of anime isn't even 30 minutes. It's like 22 and change. It's like, you know, it, it, it really has, you know. Spencer, do you miss broadcast there, TV so. where they were forced to? Like, you know, like a Seinfeld couldn't go 45 minutes because, it, it, you know, it's on broadcast television. And it, I was trained on that and it's how my mind works. Yes, this is how this goes. Do you miss commercials too? Uh, sometimes they are useful. You know you can pause and go to the bathroom. There's an answer for you. Like it, it's so, not that hard. they're useful. <laughs> so, that is, look, I'd never so, heard of Walgreens before. So but Spencer, did did you get a life alert? Like, and you didn't tell us. Like, and you, you no. just were watching an advertisement. It's like no. I have fallen and I couldn't get up. I need one of those. I have bought a life alert, just not for me. Real talk. Instagram ads work on me, though. I will tell you that. I've bought a lot of shit from Instagram. Instagram ads piss me off so much. Every time they show me a nice shirt, then I'm like, okay, fantastic. I can add that to my wardrobe. That's fantastic. I go there. I look at the chest measurement, and it won't fit on me. Um, broad chest, baby. Um, it's it's mm, country strength. Look out. <laughs> uh, but they are very, very good. Very, very good. Uh, Spencer, sometimes they're useful. It's possibly the creepiest way of describing ads uh, that I've ever heard <laughs> in my entire life. I'm telling you, that's why he's so good at podcasting. Right that, so, I just never know what he's going to say. Like, it's Spencer, just... do you have an, you have Instagram, right? You just I don't have post, Instagram right? account. Yes. I, we need to do a, what are your ads on Instagram at some point? Uh, that would be probably not this episode. It'd be a fun pod for sure. Yeah. Well, look, Spencer, I I would like to say, I know we're wrapping up here. Thank you for uh, giving us these three. I do feel like you gave us really thoughtful, like representation. Like I feel like you put thought into ones you picked. Um, and while I did bail on the third, um, I got, I was six and a half episodes into fucking anime. So, I mean, you did something. Who would have ever thought this was big. This was big. Six and a half, you went farther. Four and a half, four, four and a half, yeah. four and a half. I, I was going to say, like, and and I really appreciate that. And I, Spencer, like, th- that was a really good choice on Attack on Titan. That, like, I think that that was a really good, uh, like, 
meat portion of, of, of something what? that she's he's doing it again Levi, for you for you fucking <laughs> idiots here no no <laughs> really. two, two dummies now we talked about at the start about what was your what's your recommendation of a gateway show like if you're introducing something to a genre you've got a recommendation of what's the gateway what how do you start so that people can find their feet and enjoy it there on after and won't be put off by it and that can still be a great show or a great movie or whatever else Honestly, Attack on Titans, if they can deal with the violence, which some people can't, it's usually the one I recommend is this is a good gateway into anime as a genre. And well, it seems like, like it worked that well, well for you guys in that regard. I mean, it's cartoons. Who can't deal with the fucking violence? It's not real. You'd be surprised. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So, fucking so... people drawing things. <laughs> it, it's still, some people just can't separate, the, separate it that way. It's not going to bother me. <laughs> Uh, um, but r- wrapping things up, uh, when it, if, it, if it came to ranking the three in terms of your enjoyment or willingness to keep watching it, I've got an idea, but how would you rank the three? Uh, let's go BJ first. Oh, BJ. I can go first. Yeah. So, I, I mean, so sort of unsurprisingly, I mean, I, and I probably let off this, it'd, it'd be Cowboy Bebop first, then, then Attack on Titan. And then the third is, uh, Made in Abyss. I mean, Made in Abyss, again, you know, sort of, as I said, you know, maybe the story is interesting and, and like, I'd have to binge a bit uh and have a reason to but but there's a lot of uh anime's problems in uh made in abyss and uh, like i don't think that there's a lot getting around getting around that um attack on titan has you know that that long series i mean it's definitely not insurmountable but like it it's a tough uh tough thing to get into um and given that I'm a completionist, like that you've done this if like start, little bit, I, you know, I, I just, you know, it, it's tough. Um, but Cowboy Bebop reminds me of other animes that I've really enjoyed that are like 26 episodes unfold a bit. Um, like, I don't know how much it's going to fall in sort of, sort of the similar um, uh, pigeonholes that I would put uh, like Trigon, uh, Helsing was a, uh, a little bit of that, um, the get backers. And, and there are a couple of others that sort of have that sort of feel of like there are specific missions, but like it eventually tells a whole story and has like a bigger background and, and, you know, fleshes out the world that way. Um, I mean, also, you know, in one of the references that we made with Firefly where, you know, as you have these serials, it, you know, it really opens up. And so, um, that that really is the top for me, um, and I probably, as I said, will will continue watching it. Um, but you know, if we if we want to do a, a watch of, of on Titan, uh, watch Attack on Titan, like it, that is something I'm I'm willing to do. Be still my heart. I'll rewatch it with you guys, Levi. Which what, what would be your ranking and what are your thought final thoughts? Um, it would be Attack on Titan and then Cowboy Bebop and then uh, Made in Abyss. Um, I really resent the way that you've made me feel like I'm I'm I'm. <laughs> enjoying uh the walking dead version of anime um i think it's really kind of sitting you can't um, get around the condescension i'm here for that <laughs> but no it was and he keeps trying called... to rephrase it too like to make it better but but I'll a lot re- of people I'll like hear, it I'll a lot rephrase. of people like it. you... it's the most popular oh, um, you know I'll you re- need an introduction to a genre hundreds of, I, I, hundreds of millions sold leave you know, leave 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 rephrase you are the ugg boots of people go on <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> Well, it was once basic. useful and, and you know the top tier brand and then he came uh you know I, chai do, latte. I do like pumpkin spice latte though so i mean like okay fair enough we, we uh, are all basic except this um but yeah no i i found it to be the most interesting now I, I do sort of wish that i would would i could find a not sort of action oriented 
uh, anime to to like, right? Because like, of course, I'm gonna like action stuff, right? Shooting, fighting, like these sorts of things are, are in terms of movies. That's what I like. In terms of TV shows, I, I, I tend to like things that at least have elements of that. Um, so so maybe there'll be others that, that I'll find, but I'll watch Attack on Titan and then expand outward from there. When I when Terry and I go to a con and, and talk about how we're big anime fans uh, and we say the one anime that we know, um, maybe we'll get some good recommendations. Do you, do you think that that you could uh, lean from uh, Ted Lasso into what's the soccer anime that was, that was super oh, popular? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, I'll look up the name one second. Yeah. Anyway, well, so apparently Terry. there's like 50 soccer animes because there's 50 on cooking. Um, like it's it's a, <laughs> oh, th- I mean there are a ton, but like there's some you like can imagine. Yeah. That, there's a lot. Well, the, one I watched a couple years ago is literally just about girls that are in middle school going camping, and that's every episode. It's called Laid Back Camp, and it's still delightful. That's if you can imagine it, there is anime about it. I watched a version of that called Yellow Jackets recently. See, that here's that's the comparison you're doing. <laughs> here's why I I'm obviously like a little bit basic or stupid um, because I immediately heard you say that Spencer and I go well that's a good way to get put it on a list like you're definitely on some sort of list like, <laughs> you gotta get Spen- over it. Spencer's on a list like the middle school go, I'm on too many lists. <laughs> Uh, my oh. my order is the same as Levi's. Uh, I can't wait to go to an anime con with him um, and go and sit down and give the sort of like didn't read the book book report version <laughs> of Cowboy Bebop and then really get into Attack on Titan. Uh, I will not watch any more of that third one. That was garbage. Um, and if that's a representation of future anime, I probably don't like the genre, but I appreciate the exercise. Um I felt like you gave us some that were like more accessible. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And also uh, a number of like people I follow online and like um, just folks I know really seem to really like Cowboy Bebop. That seems to be like, like I see a Cowboy Bebop apparel. Um, So it's good to at least know what it is. Well, a lot, a lot of people like uh, Firefly and Firefly is actually not that great of a TV show. So um, (laughs) now, you know, very on that subject. (laughs) Well, it's pretty clear what the answer is. Um, but, you know, to, to, to your point, there are a lot of dummies out there, Spencer. Um, there are. <laughs> if you want something accessible. <laughs> ask, ask Levi what he likes. <laughs> what, you know, right, so, I'm, Levi, like, what's the easiest way to get into monster trucks? Just going. <laughs> it literally it's simple. It's just simple. Go. Just go. Aren't we full circle, though? Because wasn't the whole point of this exercise to, like, drop the ego and just enjoy something? So, like, mm-hmm. aren't we kind of, like, right back where we started? Exactly. It's how, it's how it goes, wheels within wheels. But y'all, I really do enjoy that you guys put up this exercise with me. It was quite a bit of fun for me in terms of setting these up and watching your reactions. And I do hope that varied as your reactions to the show may be, that you ultimately enjoyed this too. Thanks everybody for listening. This is a Mango Talks podcast. If you enjoy listening to us talk and you would not have gotten to this point in the podcast unless you do enjoy listening to us talk, go to your favorite podcast platform, type in Mangum Talks. That's the keyword, M-A-N-G-U-M Talks. All of our stuff will populate. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening. We'll be back sometime in the future.